0: You've heard in the news about the new B.C. Liberal plan that they have announced called a system of care. And this is their one and a half billion dollar plan to expand access to addiction treatment beds, to eliminate user fees at not for profit facilities and more. But essentially, it's a way to deal with the overdose crisis and to help people with mental health issues and addiction problems in our province. And there's a lot in this plan, actually, to unpack. We're also wondering, look, where did they get all these ideas from? What kind of research went into it? So we thought, let's break that down this morning. So joining us now is Dr. Julian Summers, who's a distinguished professor of health sciences at Simon Fraser University and has done a lot of research in this area. Dr. Summers, thank you for being here.
1: It's a pleasure. Great to be with you.
0: Have you had a chance to kind of review what is in this plan? I know a lot of it kind of coincides with some of your work, doesn't it?
1: It coincides with with work that I've been a part of, with colleagues, and, and with bigger picture plans that have proven to be the most successful in other jurisdictions as well.
0: What do you think is most significant in here? What will make the difference?
1: I think two things. One is begin with the end in sight. And the end that we all need to be aiming for for everyone that we're concerned about is the opportunity. For experiencing stable life in a community setting, and the prospect for uh, wellness, uh, long-term wellness—that's that's that's one. The 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 second is that it distributes the the um, responsibilities for making a difference into the communities where people are first experiencing problems, and where typically in our current system. They soon leave and begin long, like, protracted processes of migration and wind up in urban centers where they continue to be neglected.
0: The heavy focus on this plan is on treatment, would you say?
1: No, I'd say actually the, the, the probably the biggest focus is prevention. But um, treatment is necessarily there because we have such a, a backlog such an accumulated burden of responsibilities to citizens who have uh, been uh, badly treated by our, by our existing systems. So we absolutely need a focus on treatment so that we can essentially address the, uh, those accumulated harms in people's lives. But, but the, 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 the vision that's described is one that would um, then produce the best way of preventing problems from arising because the resources are so bro- broadly distributed in communities as people are first experiencing um, evidence of risk, evidence of harms, they will have the opportunity to be supported before things get worse.
0: So how do we identify those people who are first showing evidence of risk or harm?
1: Well, I, you know, if, if we were to look out our windows today, we'd say, okay, is someone, is someone uh, apparently struggling with an addiction with untreated mental illness, sleeping rough on any one of our sidewalks, um, and and for for an extended period of time. So we would start there, um, and we can and of course if we started there, we would have our work cut out for us for months, possibly even a a, a year if we implemented what it's uh, services that have been shown to have an impact. So that would be that would be an immediate focus. But subsequent to that, as uh, we, would, we would identify problems the way that we are currently, um, but at a lesser level of risk. Anything from school officials, family members, individuals themselves often presenting for, for help when there is a, a caring and credible-looking place to present to, we don't have that. So it's, uh, it's a matter of um, um, providing services that uh, have been shown to be effective elsewhere, catching up with the accumulated problems caused by neglect and um, then ensuring that those services remain in place in, in, in communities um, so that they're capable of handling the the ongoing. It, it's, it's a perennial problem. There are going to be problems relating to substance use in our population. It's a matter of how many and at what level of severity.
0: One of the things that has really stuck out, I think, in this particular plan is the addition of involuntary treatment, which is something that has been talked about in the past, but most political parties have said, I don't think we're actually going to go there. What do you think about that?
1: Well, if anyone in the NDP is saying, oh, we don't want to go there, too late. You're already there. You've overseen more than a doubling of the rates of involuntary hospitalizations in B.C., for people whose primary reason for being in hospital is a substance use disorder. You have also, and this is the current government, you have also overseen a massive increase in the percentage of people who are locked up in BC who were diagnosed with substance use disorders before they were incarcerated. And here I'm referring to people who are sentenced for crimes as well as people who are simply remanded, often for their own safety or the safety of the community. So involuntary forms of intervention are already on the uptick Big time. And these are interventions that actually don't result in any permanent change because all they do is take someone, again, involuntarily off the street and into a setting where at most they will be stabilized, right? Prisons are not considered therapeutic settings. So, involuntary interve- intervening is already alive and well. People are dying involuntarily. So, we can't afford to make that particular issue a, a, a big football here. Um we, we are we are forcing people into positions that are against their interests all the time. What's included in this plan is um, mandated treatment. And the more we are offering voluntary treatment, the more we are preventing problems, the less we will need to have that. but But involuntary treatment, in a broader context of effective, compassionate care around the province, is a vast improvement over involuntarily locking people up in prison overnight and then releasing them to the streets the next day.
0: Okay, how do you envision that working then? As you say, all the pieces have to be in there, but under what circumstances would you foresee somebody needing involuntary treatment?
1: Um, I I would see, for instance, uh, I was speaking recently with a colleague who works in a heroin-assisted treatment program in Switzerland. And we were talking about this very issue. And he said, well, we, have, we, have, we, we don't have the kind of uh, unmet need in our, visible in our communities that you have here in, in Vancouver or in other places. But if someone was to be out in the streets, let's say uh, uh, naked, using drugs, having uh, some kind of a, 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 what seems like a fit, but associated with their, with their um, psychological symptoms, they would be immediately intervened with by police. They would be taken to a stabilization unit. Following the stabilization unit, they would not, under any circumstances, be discharged back to the streets. They would be um, uh, guided to some form of, of of supported living that meets with with um, their agreement. And th- so that's the process that that we would envision here as well. We have to first get to the point where we don't have this this massive. Volume of people living in crisis so so that would be the first step in my view i 'm I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm not speaking for for Mr. Falcon or the rest of his team here, but in my in my view um, it, it simply makes the most logical sense to implement services first that would address the people who are currently at greatest risk while the while other components of the system are are being are being implemented concurrently
0: right it 's tricky though the way you laid it out there some form of supportive you know, housing and treatment that this person agreed with? Well, that that could be any number of things. They may not agree with any of this, any kind of treatment.
1: Yeah, so people are more likely to agree with things if they are closely aligned with their interests. And most people want the opportunity to, to resume life in a, in a decent, safe, clean community setting. In our research with um, thousands now of people living in despair, about 80%... On our first, The first time we interview them, 80% say that resuming full-time work or paid work is is one of their priorities. And uh, about two-thirds of them have worked continuously full-time for at least one year in the past. They have it within their skill set. They want to do it more. They're not old people. They're on average in their 30s. 25% have kids under age 18. This is across a, a wide range of, of, of studies. And those are power, that's a powerful source of motivation for people to move forward. So as we get to know people in the context of stabilization, start to talk to them about, well, wh- here's where you have been living, but where's the community where, where, you, where you grew up or where you may have roots and attachments? What are some of the other things in your life that, that, w- that, that would motivate you to move forward and to, 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 to further cultivate your own well-being? We, we, it, we, when we approach people with this kind of a frame, um, they, they, they respond positively, and, and the likelihood of people you know, saying, "Oh well, no, I don't want anything from you," is actually about zero. When we've had the opportunity experimentally to provide people with options from the street, mm-hmm. no one says "Get lost." Not one person. So as long as we're responding to what people want, and everyone wants those things that I'd mentioned, or, or you know at least decent housing, stability, respect. To be treated with dignity not only by care providers but but by one's neighbors and in one's settings so that's the vision Uh, that's what i meant by begin with the end in sight yes of course we have to save people we have to rescue them but but once we've rescued them we need to immediately be able to assure them that we know they deserve better. We can't fill in all the blanks. We can't tell them what better is for them. But we can make that possible and give them choices. It's been shown to work. Mm-hmm. It's been shown also to cost the same as leaving them where they are. Well, So there's really no reason to wait.
0: Well, Dr. Summers, thank you so much for your time on that this morning.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Amy.